Okay, we come back to <clears throat> Jonah and chapter 4. I've given it uh, the theme, God cares for all his creatures. God cares for all his creatures. I remember when I was working for Friends International, reaching out to international students in London and other places, we were talking about um, the world at your doorstep. We know London is uh, the most cross-cultural city you know, in the world. So if you want to reach the world, have a revival in London, and uh, the whole world will know about it in a few seconds. Now, gospel outreach is supposed to go to anybody and everybody uh, anywhere in the world. Now, with the Jews, they grew up with the mind that um, the Gentiles, they were not supposed to receive the gospel. They were not supposed to know the message that God had given them. The Gentiles were treated like dogs. They were not fit to hear about the promised Messiah. But a number of times you find that God surprised them because from um, different settings you'd find, you know, Naaman coming from somewhere else, you know, gets, uh, gets saved. People who are not Jews, they end up coming, you know, to know the Lord. And in this particular passage of Jonah is one example. And uh, this is where you can at least sympathize with Jonah. Jonah knew his Bible. He knew that uh, this message of salvation was a message for the Jews. And so when you talk about the Ninevites, who were not part and parcel of the Jewish nation, the gospel was not really for them. And that is what you know, was on the mind of Jonah. They are not supposed to receive this message of God and uh, the salvation of man through the promised Messiah. And then so now uh, uh, Jonah summarizes his his encounter with God in this chapter 4. If you read the first few uh, verses, can you just read again? Um, earlier on, I should have given you the page. It's 775. Right? Chapter 4 and verse 1. Just look at what he summarizes. He says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tashish. For I knew that you are a gracious God, unmerciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? When Jonah was told, go and preach to those uncircumcised people, to those non-Jews, Jonah decided to go the opposite direction. You remember the story? They, you know, he got onto this ship and the, the Lord, you know, brought the strong winds. 
And uh, Jonah, you know, confessed that he was running away, and so he was the one who was thrown in the water, and then there was calm in the ship. The Lord provided the big uh, fish that swallowed him, and for three days and three nights he was in the belly, you know, of the fish. And at the right time, you know, the fish brought him back to the land. And when he was back on the land, God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach to that uh, uncircumcised people. There are 120,000 people there. I want you to go and preach in a message of salvation. And Jonah went and he obeyed this time. He went and preached. And um, to his surprise, you know, the, you know, the, Lord, the Lord visited these people and they, 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 they repented and even the king and so on. They put on sackcloth. You know, they, they believed the message. And he says, look, I know you are a gracious God. I know you are a merciful God. You even forgive these uncircumcised people. You know, the dogs of society. You are able to forgive them. I am angry. You know? Jonah was angry at the character of God. God is merciful. God is kind. You know, God can save whoever he wants. It is not just the Jews. When he was preparing the Messiah to come, the Messiah was not just for the Jews. You read it in uh, Isaiah, it talks about uh, you know, Christ and also being available. This servant was going to be for all the nations. But they missed it. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. Most of the Jews didn't get it. And so when the Messiah came, and he was eating with sinners, they just said, he can't be the promised Messiah. They accused the Lord Jesus Christ of many things. And so that's the message that we, that, that's the, uh, the situation that we have in here. And uh, this morning, I would like us to think about God caring for all his creatures. And our focus will mainly be from the sixth, uh, to verse 11. Verse 6, verse to 11. The Lord God appointed a plant and made it come over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah, and so that he was faint, and he asked that he might die, and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant, but you did not labor nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120 persons who do not know their right hand from uh, their left? They were going to do these contrasts between Jonah and God. Between the selfishness of man 
and the kindness of God. Contrast between the tender, loving God, a merciful God, and our selfish, you know, Jonah. First, let's look at uh, the little plant that we have been told about here. The plant that was made, you know, God made this plant for Jonah to protect him from the heat. Remember that God has already used uh, the wind to achieve his purposes. Remember when, the, when the, uh, the ship was tossed to and fro? God used the wind, right, the storm, to achieve his purposes. And uh, because of that, you know, Jonah was thrown in the water. And God had used the fish to achieve his purposes. And so he has the fish swallowing up Jonah. And now, Jonah has preached to Nineveh. They have repented. And God comes and provides a plant. Plants uh, provides a shed for Jonah. There was so much heat in that part of, of the world. What, what is teaching us here is that the whole creation is at God's disposal. Right? He can use the wind the way he wants. He can use the water. He can use the fish. He can use the plant. He is the creator. He does as he wills. That is, that is the creator. That is the almighty God. He does as he will. So he's the one who planted that plant. And he, he, you know, he made it grow overnight. I mean, that's a miracle. A plant growing overnight. And suddenly it has got uh, enough leaves to provide shade you know, to Jonah. Something that was not there the previous day. It has suddenly come up. That is the creator who is at work. And if there is anything that made Jonah happy, it was this plant. It provided a shade for him, and he was exceedingly glad. He was very happy. Why was he happy? It was to do with his own welfare. You know, the scorching sun was going, he was going to be protected from that. It was to do with something that was for his own personal comfort. That's where he is very, very happy because the plant is helping him for his personal comfort. Jonah was very unhappy when the people of Nineveh got saved. The multitudes came to know God. He was very unhappy. But when his own welfare was at stake, when his own comfort was at stake, he became very happy when he had the particular plants. Interesting enough, God wants to teach Jonah a lesson. Just as the plant came up suddenly, God sends a worm and eats up the plant. And there was some wind that basically destroyed this particular plant. And so now what happens? Ha, Jonah's head. There was the heat that was on his head. And the Bible says he felt faint. He felt very faint. And uh, he was very sulky. You know, Jonah starts saying, I am angry. 
angry that this plant has died. Angry enough to die, as it were. So the first, his first anger was about uh, the Ninevites getting saved. He wanted uh, Nineveh to be destroyed, but God didn't destroy Nineveh. Uh, God saved the Ninevites. The destruction didn't take place. Remember the message was, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. Uh, but that didn't happen because God saved the Ninevites. And now, he's angry because the plant has been destroyed. Um, instead of the people in Nineveh being destroyed, it is the plant that is destroyed by God and Jonah is angry. Can you, can you see the contrast? He, he is somebody is very unhappy that people have gotten right with God. I mean, how, how can he be? And then uh, you, you come to the, something that had to do with his own personal comfort. When the plant disappeared, you know, he became very angry again. Excess anger that the plant is destroyed. God is speaking to Jonah and is saying, I want to teach you a lesson. But Jonah is busy complaining. Jonah is busy murmuring. Right? In this, he's trying to get him to understand that uh, the Ninevites are not your people, they are God's people. The plant is not your plant, it's God's plant. It is God who desires what happens, and not you. You are a messenger, you are to be sent you know, as, as a prophet to do what God you know, wants you to do. Now there's a big lesson there for many you know, of us. Personal discomfort is the thing that we want to get rid of. But when it comes to the issue of many people being in sin, we're not really bothered. We would rather be bothered about our bills, you know, the bills have gone very high, and so personally, I really want to spend my time. How do I sort out these bills? How do I have an extra job? How do I do this and the other? And then when it comes to the preaching of the gospel to my relative, to my neighbor, to my workmate, oh, that can work. I need to make some money so to make sure that I can be able to pay the bills. I am concerned about what affects me and not so much what affects other people. You know, if a person dies without Christ, they'll end up in hell. It's not a threat. It is what the Bible says. Unless you repent, you will perish. Uh, if, if there's anyone here who has never you know, come to the Lord and said, Lord, I am a sinner, I can't change myself, you come and change me. If you have never you know, prayed that the Lord might change you, you are still in your sins, and if you die in your sins, there will be this separation between the Christian and the non-Christian. You will end up in hell, and that's where you spend your eternity. This is not a hate 
uh, speech as they might score it. It's something that comes from the Bible. What God has said in his word, it is going to take you know, place. So the issue of salvation uh, for mankind is, is an important matter. It's the most important thing in this life that you might know whether you're a Christian or not. You know, some people uh, follow some religion where there is no Christ in it. Roger's Christ is not there. He's not mentioned. He has no part in their religion. Now, the Bible, I think I've said this a number of times I've been here. The Bible says there is only one way. It is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through through him. Right? There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved except the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, if you look at the population of Bexley Heath and look at the number of churches, evangelical churches, you'll find that the population that is in church today is very, very small. The percentage of people in the UK who are in the church, who are believers, evangelical believers, is a very small percentage. The rest of mankind has nothing to uh, worry about the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, Jesus is coming. When he came for the first time, it was to do with salvation so that we can be saved. And when he comes the second time, it will be judgment. If you are not in Christ, you will perish. So what I'm saying is uh, the message of salvation for the Ninevites was more important than the comfort of Jonah. That, that, that is very important. That, you know, our, our personal discomforts, we must be able to put them aside and consider, you know, the heavier matter of salvation. When um, the elders say, we need to come and pray for our evangelistic work, for the work, for the salvation of men and women in our area. I wonder whether you uh, come and, and pray. You stay behind and pray so that others can be saved. You know, conversion is a miracle. You can't manufacture it. It is only God who can change the hearts of men and women. And so our part is to pray so we have a church prayer meeting. You need to be there. Yes, you have got your own personal comforts. Oh, so my child is going to school tomorrow. Oh, my son is going to university next week. And, and I've got oh, so many things to do. I, I, I can't be in the prayer meeting. I can't come to church. You know, I've got to go to Birmingham to take my daughter to university and things like that. Now, we need to put our priorities right. The salvation of men and women is a matter of life and death. The matter of life and death. When God wants to visit Nineveh, don't be like a Jonah who is complaining that God is kind. God is merciful. You know, God has saved these people. How can you complain about, you know, the kindness of God? How can you? A prophet. And that's what he did. I'd like us to think seriously about our own, um, you know, our personal comforts concerning, in relation to, you know, to, 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 the, to the message of salvation for other people uh, near us and those who are far.
You know, there's a, there are a lot of missionaries that are working in different parts of the world. Very difficult uh, places. You'll find uh, there are countries where if you are a Christian, you are simply locked up. You know, some are killed. Do we spare a minute to pray for people like that? God is concerned for the Ninevites. But you know, God is also concerned for Jonah. He wants Jonah to see the point. He wants Jonah to learn a lesson. That's why he brings that to him. Should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more, more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left hand? Are you right to get angry that people have gotten saved? That's, that's, that's a challenge that uh, you know, Jonah is being told you know, by the Lord. Are you right to be angry? You've got it all wrong. You've got it all wrong. Well then, let's, uh, let's bring it home here. Um, I, God is concerned about every creature. And uh, let's think about each one of us who is here. God is concerned about each and every soul that is in the hall here. Now, I wonder whether you personally, you are concerned about your personal salvation. You know, salvation begins with the, the individual being convicted of sin and realizing that they cannot be able to change themselves. Only God can change you. God is concerned about your salvation. God wants you to be right before you die. But are you concerned about your own salvation? Are you sure that if you are to die today, the Lord will welcome you and say, well done, my good and faithful you know, servant. Will the Lord welcome you in an eternity you know, with him? You know, we can be busy with so many good things and ignore or neglect our own need of knowing God. Our own need of reading the scriptures so that we may know Christ better. Our own need of being at the church prayer meeting so that we may grow in the grace of God. You know the means of grace that God has given us. Are we available at such means of grace? Your personal walk with God must be your personal concern. The church can uh, encourage, they can provide this and the other, but it must come from within your heart. You know, there must be that, that conviction that I must make sure I'm right before God. You don't know when you're going to die. I don't know when I'm going to die. But all I need to do is to make sure that I'm concerned for my uh, salvation before God. Are you concerned for the salvation of your children, your parents? Just, just beginning, say they say charity begins at home. Right? We may have uh, siblings that are not saved. You know, I've heard stories like, uh, you know, at Christmas you get together as a family. And some families, Christmas time is the time when they quarrel the most. 
because they don't see each other for the whole year. And suddenly they are together and they've got different ideas and different views and different um, beliefs and so on. And so they start squabbling and quarreling over Christmas. And are you, as a child of God, are you concerned that your siblings know the Lord? Are you concerned that your parents are believers? Are you concerned that your children have come to know the Lord? Is this something where you invest your time and your energy? Not that you can change anyone, but you provide the means of grace so that they may come uh, to know the Lord. Are we concerned about the salvation of people in Bexley Heath? Or are we just complaining that they jump the queue at the supermarket or whatever place it is? Yeah, are we concerned about uh, people in nearby areas that they know God? You know, today's mission is from anywhere to everywhere. Mission is not just going to Africa or going to China. Mission is going to Bexley Heath. There are a lot of uh, non-Christians here and they come from all over the world. And the church needs to reach out, you know, to them. Are we involved in reaching people who are near, nearby us, you know, in Bexley Heath? What about the UK? You know, we, when I was in Zambia, I read a lot about the revivals that were there. You know, like the Welsh Revival, 1904. Uh, there was so much. And coming here, I thought I was going to see Christians everywhere. <laughs> Only to find that uh, the church is struggling. Christianity has gone down. You know, revival uh, begins in the church. It's the church that is going to be revived. And then you can have um, the whole country being affected by the gospel. But the church must be in touch with God. Wherever there has been revival, people have prayed. It's not a rule that uh, when you pray there will be revival, but where there has been revival, somebody has been praying. It is the church that needs to be right with God. And then... You know, the, the community or the society, you know, will be affected. And a lot of it has to do uh, with our personal comforts. We would rather be personally comfortable uh, than, you know, reaching out to people who are near us, uh, people who are in need in the country. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that if there's a revival in London, you know, the whole world will know about it in minutes. Today, with the technology that we have, or oh, that we may be a people that are not just concerned about our own families, about our own finances, about you know, our own needs, as it were. Yes, we can be concerned about them, but make sure you are balanced, not like Jonah, who didn't like other people to come to know God. But we may want others to come to know the Lord. That should be our preoccupation, praying day and night. Being involved in the church programs that will help others, you know, come uh, to know the Lord. If you are a student from school, you may be the only one who may reach the other students 
at your school. If you are in the university hostel, you may be the only one who is a neighbor uh, to that other student. You know, you've heard a lot of stories about um, people sharing, you know, the Bible. Like, I remember we had one, one um, we, we somebody who worked with us, a Chinese girl who came to study in Cambridge, and uh, a neighbor just gave her the book of Mark. Just, just have a read. And she read the whole of it, and then she said, can I go to church and find out more? And she ended up becoming a Christian. When did you last give out a Bible to somebody to read? Okay. Just, just read this. This is the book of Mark. Just have a read. And if you want to have a chat, we chat afterwards. The church needs to move away from personal comforts to investing more in the kingdom of God. Let's pray together.